is Teresa, the Tapping Lady here, and this is podcast number 11. Today's podcast is on depression, self-help, including some anger management freestyle. (laughs) You'll find that funny and interesting, I hope. Welcome to all of our listeners, and thank you for tuning in. I wanted to start out by saying that ancient scripture often calls depression the spirit of heaviness, which often accompanies weight gain, as well as contributing to all sorts of illnesses and problems and pain in the body. So dealing with depression is a huge part of being healed in areas like weight gain, self-image, relationship problems, work, disease, pain. Depression has such a large negative impact on multiple fronts. It is absolutely debilitating. And I would know, for I suffered from depression in childhood and growing up, and I suffered about two decades of severe depression in my adult life. Currently, I am compiling a treasure chest of information for you, which is based on my former lifetime battle with severe depression. And I want you to know, I gained an overwhelming, outstanding victory over depression, and my life is full of joy. This is a success story of how I began with small, powerful steps that led me out of that heavy, black, wet blanket hanging over me and into the joy-filled life that I'm now living. If it worked for me with all of that type of history behind me, then think about it. It would work for anyone. If someone had an entire childhood and growing up time full of depression, sadness, melancholy, and then a couple of decades in adult life following some life traumas, high-stress life traumas, it will work for anyone who chooses to do it. And that's the key, is doing it. I don't want you to be overwhelmed by that phrase that you you will put these things into action because I'm going to show you how to take very small steps, baby steps. I know from personal experience that when I was totally stressed out and full of anxiety and fear and depression, that for someone to approach me with some great big list of things to do would have only added to the pressure. It would have only added to the stress. So if you are having a problem with depression and the thought of doing much of anything scares you, don't let that bother you. Because what I'm going to share with you will involve taking baby steps, checking a few simple things out in your life, I'll be sharing with you some simple kinesiology tests that you can do to find the root causes and core issues of your depression. And as we go along, 
your anger. I'll be giving you another checklist of simple, everyday things to check first. And energy motions adapted from or taken from Donna Eden's book. Energy motions that you can do five minutes a day that are really going to charge up your healing power. The life force energy that will carry you right on through to a great new life. Plus more. I have a lot of material to share with you. I encourage you to get those negative emotions up and get them moving. But if you're listening to this podcast and you're searching for root causes and core issues, I know that you want to do that. I know that you want to join me in digging out all the buried emotions, the feelings, the false beliefs, so that you can be healed, happy, and live a great life. It's far better to get those emotions up and moving than to keep them chained in the closets of your inner being. Many, many years ago, when I was in the midst of depression, I had read Dr. Peck's book, The Road Less Traveled, and he gave a really accurate picture of what happens when emotions and feelings are suppressed. He said that our emotions do not make good rulers over us, nor do they make good slaves. Because when we make slaves out of our emotions and we bury them in the basement, the closet, and all those little dark inner recesses of our subconscious, one of these days, Dr. Peck said, those slaves are going to come rising up out of there, break off their chains, cut loose, and do some real damage. And I had a few of those major episodes in my life along the way with emotions that had been socked away and stuffed and chained for years. And when they came out, it was explosive. I want to give you a little intro to my own story. Besides having a very sad, depressing childhood and upbringing, I suffered from depression for at least two decades later on. So from an experiential point of view, I am someone who has known the depths of despair, hopelessness, dark depression. I had lost all sense of what is life all about, uh, why am I living, what am I living for, what's my purpose. I had lost my purpose. Um, Many of you know earlier in the podcast I had mentioned that I had previously been a minister with my church and that was a big issue that was a big goal um, career thing in my life and when I lost that I felt that I had really lost all purpose for living and don't be too hard on me um, because maybe some of you lost your your purpose your vision Um, when you went through a divorce or you lost a particular job or had the death of a loved one, maybe you felt like, I don't even know what, what I'm doing or what I'm supposed to do. 
I had a, a death wish that plagued me. And because of my religious beliefs, um, I was prevented from committing suicide. Um, and because of my children, first of all. And But I had a death wish that was so intense that I would hit my head on the bathroom wall hysterically screaming and crying and asking God to take me out of this world. I I just could not, I felt like I couldn't handle it anymore. But now that I'm delivered and set free from that horrible dark depression, I have the victory, I have the joy, the experience, the knowledge, and the wisdom to help others to be free of depression. So whether you're depressed or a family member or a loved one, I think you will really benefit from this. I'm going to begin today talking about a recent experience that brought home to me that no matter how well-versed a person might be in energy healing, and I pray every day and I meditate a lot every week, But no matter how spiritual a person is, that sadness, that melancholy, that depression could still pop up once in a while. And I want you to know how to deal with it. And so I'm going to give you an example out of my own life this past week. I do know what to do to get rid of it. But first, I had to recognize what was causing it. This past week, I had contact with a man who my husband and I had known and had spent time with personally. He was battling an illness. And I wrote him an email and offered to pray for him and send an item that I had that that is a health tool, let's say. And the response that came back in the email was an angry tirade. It, It was not justified. There was no reason for it. But let's face it, these things happen, whether it's somebody at work, whether it's somebody in your family or your spouse, these things happen. Sometimes attacks come like a bolt out of the blue. You're just walking along, singing and happy, and bam, you know, here comes somebody just criticizing, attacking for no reason, seemingly. It was a very rude, personally insulting, critical email, uh, basically telling me where to get off and what he thought of people doing energy work, um, which is really surprising since he, ca- he considers himself the best person in the world at energy healing. Okay. And... This was from from someone I had viewed as a a distant friend, someone who lives a long way off, but periodic communication and sharing information. I considered this person a friend. So I was shocked. I was shook up. I hardly knew what to do. I was stunned, really. Uh, Just stunned. It was just so unexpected and unjustified. With me, I have to watch out for myself that I don't slip right into the stereotype of being 
the really nice, sweet, spiritual minister type. I don't do it intentionally. I don't do it deliberately. It just comes from a lot of decades of training. And some of you who may have been involved in your religion, or you still are, and I think you'll understand. It's it's programming, really. And it's sort of a religious facade that I've gotten free of over the years for the most part. And you'd have to know me, but I'm, I'm really quite free, quite expressive now. But every once in a while, it sneaks up on me in a nice religious way, catching me off guard. And that's what happened. Being a very spiritual person, the, re- the course of action I wanted to follow seemed right to me. That I should just give, get up, walk away from the computer, um, start forgiving this person and blessing him. And I didn't want to read the entirety of this email to my husband because I knew he would not have any problem expressing his anger. And I thought, oh no, I mustn't do that. I mustn't tell him too much. I'll just tell him it was a very upsetting email. And so I moved it to my trash bin so he could, I didn't, did not want to get him upset. I was trying to control my thoughts, do some energy work and get this thing out. But in reality, what I was doing really wasn't the right thing to do. It was not real. It wasn't real. It wasn't genuine. It was fake. It was squashing and squelching and stuffing what I really felt. But I did it so fast and so automatic and so thoroughly, squashing my true feelings about the whole time I've been acquainted with this man. Therefore, this false, unreal state of denial, which I was not recognizing at the time, caused me to feel completely shut down, unnatural, numb, void of anything, I felt like, not able to function normally, not severely depressed, but just shut down and melancholy. Feelings, emotions, and my mind were really blah, bland, no creative thinking, no creative flow. I was completely unable to write any articles or do my research, which I do constantly. I felt squashed and just numb, like some kind of inanimate object. I couldn't even think clearly. I kept praying and doing what I thought was right, but it definitely wasn't working. I was getting worse, and I was really concerned about it. This went on for a few days. You see, now that I'm used to being joyful and absolutely free, expressive, happy, really alive, and bouncing around here, I really notice it when something comes up and this happens because that's not my life anymore. So on the third day, along about evening, I said, I've, I've got to pray, and I've got to call a friend of mine to pray, and I have to get an answer. What What is wrong? 
please show me. I was beginning to wonder if this guy had sent some really dark stuff my way, you know, and oh my gosh, I must be under attack, you know. I even asked a Native American friend of mine to pray for me that evening, thinking, well, you know, I may need to call out some big guns, you know. Well, I was sitting in my chair not long after that, and the, the spirit of the Creator began speaking to me. And you can always tell, well, not always, but when it's really wise and profound and and all of a sudden the lights come on and the curtain parts and suddenly you see things as they really are, that's when I know that it's the Creator. And so the first thing that was said to me was, what was your first reaction to the letter from this man? And I got quiet and I said, well, I I was very angry for a few minutes. And then the response came, and what did you do? I said, well, I immediately went into forgiving him and sending it away, trying to think on positive things and get my mind chattered to shut up none of which was working at all. And then this response came. You needed to let the anger out first. Do not deny what you really feel. Only by acknowledging your feelings and emotions can you really deal with them. You should allow your emotions and feelings, which were hurt and angry, to be expressed and not suppressed. Only then can you do the other things which are positive, the forgiving, the blessing, the, you know, the positive things. Get up, raise your voice, and say all that you wish you could have said to him but didn't. (laughs) that's why I'm laughing about this because it was actually it was really funny I got caught with my religious facade that I didn't know I was doing so the moment all of this came to me I felt different you always know when truth comes to you wisdom comes to you because you feel all of a sudden lighter All of a sudden, it's like somebody flipped on all the light switches. You feel like sitting up straighter, standing up taller. Um, You've got the vibratory witness or the heat inside. And all of a sudden, you just know that something is right on. So I told my hubby, and I warned him I was going to vent. I said, will you be my listener while I vent for a little bit? Sure. Because he knew, he knew I wasn't feeling well, and he knew what was causing it. But he just hadn't said a whole lot about it. So I stood up, and I ranted, and I raved, and I rose, let my voice get raised a bit. And I went on and on for about 15 to 20 minutes. And I just, you know, in in my own living room, <laughs> told this guy just what I thought of him. And just what I thought of his past behavior, um, how he had treated my husband once, two or three years ago. I mean, a whole bunch of stuff came rolling out. 
uh, past experiences and this present incident that I had tried to just excuse away, you know, by saying, well, you know, he's sick, he's been ill for quite a while, and, you know, but that didn't cut it. So I got done uh, ranting, raving, venting. Now, when you do this, you can do it on paper. You can do it um, with your spouse if your spouse is a trustworthy, good listening board for you. And, um, or you can do it in a room by yourself. The whole purpose is just to get it up and out. When I got done, I began laughing and I started laughing and laughing and I shouted, I'm back, I'm back. And I laughed and I laughed and I felt great. And I was back to normal. Everything was out. Everything was back to normal. And then I could really forgive him and move on. I've been fine ever since. What I had done was exactly what Carol Truman calls feelings buried alive never die. I'd buried a lot of them where this, where this man was concerned. So out they came, all of them, not just the ones about the email. After I vented thoroughly, joy was bubbling up the rest of the evening and from then on. Joy bubbling up, laughing. I laugh easy. I mean, when I was depressed, I cried and I cried hard. So hard that I scared my husband and my family. They thought I was going to die from crying so hard and so long. But now that I'm free, I laugh so easily. And I laugh loud and long and I get everybody else in the room laughing. And if it's a dinner party, everyone starts laughing. And while this was not a case of deep depression, I wanted to make the point that a lot of depression is from years of accumulated stuffed anger. Now, that's not the cause of all depression. And it's not even the bottom line. But it's a big one. And in the psychology world, you talk to a lot of people and a lot of professional counselors. They're usually going to go after repressed anger right off the bat. And that's really a good place to start. In my life, um, I was raised in a family where it was not allowed a child, especially an only child and a girl, to express anger or to express much of anything. You just didn't do that. Now, to add to all these obstacles that I had to overcome eventually was the fact that I was what is termed a highly sensitive person. And I don't mean that in a touchy whatever way. I, I mean that as a, a technical term. There's um, a lady who wrote a book called The Highly Sensitive Person, and mm-hmm. and she has a website, and there's a test on there you can take. If any of you feel that you wonder, am I a highly sensitive person? Uh, I think there was maybe 50 questions on her test, and there was various amounts of it, like if you get between 20 and 30, 30 and 40, and so on. I, I hit all of them. 
all 50? Very unusual. It's a type of individual who is sensitive uh, telepathically, psychically, sensitive to um, spiritual things, um, feelings and emotions of others, stuff that's going on in a room, in a store, in a meeting, um, to such an extreme as to sometimes get confused as to what was me personally and what was someone else. And when I didn't understand that, that that's how I was made, that this is not something that I need to get set free of. This is something that I need to channel into the right direction. But when I didn't quite know what to do with it, I, I would sometimes get really confused and discouraged and sick of life and think, my gosh, can I even go around some of these people? The only things that, as I said, that had prevented me from doing myself in was was my kids and my religious beliefs. And actually, I'm glad of that. I'm glad that my death wish stuff did not happen. I'm glad that my suicidal thoughts didn't happen. I'm really happy that I'm still alive and I have an enormous, wonderful, great life all laid out before me. At the time, I was begging and screaming for it, but now I'm really glad that I'm alive. and I'm glad those prayers never got answered. Spiritual growth during that time sort of continued on steadily in spite of the depression and the hopeless state. I had just kind of learned to live with it and work around it and never never really quite lost my faith in God, the Creator, um, but just wasn't too sure I could totally trust anymore. Um, praying until I no longer had in any faith at all to be free of the, the darkness and the depression, I, I kept praying. I just kept on moving forward. Then, finally, freedom came. Why did it take so long? I don't know. Perhaps because I had life lessons that needed to be accomplished and finished. And the greater the sorrow, the greater the depth of that darkness, the greater has been my joy. Sort of like, how big was the pit? It was big. How big is my joy now and my delight in living life and loving it? Big. Really big. So for some reason, um, perhaps I needed more compassion. Compassion for others who suffer from depression, sorrow, grief, loss, and all of these things. So finally, when freedom came, it started out with baby steps. I began a walk of energy healing in various ways, starting out with EFT, the emotional freedom technique. And then traveling helped. Traveling helps a lot. Um, My doctor in South America said that traveling is very good for fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, and depression. 
And I found that to be true. Sometimes just by taking a long trip to a really nice place that I really liked would give me relief for however long I was there. If I was there a month, hey, I was doing great. Um, There's an explanation for that, but I won't go into it right now because we don't have time for that today. But then I began to read books like Carol Tuttle's book, Remembering Wholeness. And I cried and cried and cried and read and read and read. And I got the book on audio and I played it on the CD player at night and stuck those on my ears and listened to her read her book. I read the book and read the book and I did everything. But I I took small steps. You know, I might sit down and, and tap for something for five minutes or 10 or 15. But it wasn't like a huge, drastic, giant leap off of a canyon overnight. It wasn't that. It was just steadily moving ahead, just steadily taking baby steps, baby steps. And books, other books came along that were deep and extensive in their ability to help me. And so I kept just praising and giving thanks to the Creator. And I, and also during this time, I, I read a lot of Native American spirituality. I read a lot about the Essenes, the Essene community, the Dead Sea Scrolls and all that. And my outlook on the Creator started to shift and change and became more expansive, bigger, more pure love. And that really helped. I needed that. I needed that. I needed to get away from religious stereotypes concerning the Creator. I needed to come into a really intimate, personal belief in the pure love and goodness. So finally I could see the light. And now I can really say thank you for the dark years, the experiences, the despair, because it built such a compassion into me for people. That I have a love and a compassion for people, a desire to help people, and especially people who've been trapped under that heavy blanket of despair and loss. For me, it was not an option to go for professional help other than my family doctor. Um, Because the last decade, we've been living quite remotely. And there was no place I could go for help except heavenly. And for many years, I did not have the money to spend on expensive therapies and psychoanalysis and all that type of thing. Oddly enough, in the first decade of that period, I was attending college as a single mom with children, trying to raise them alone, um, no money, and I was majoring in psychology and (laughs) pre-med, and I was so messed up. But I think sometimes that's why some people major in psychology. When help finally arrived in my life, it was virtually very inexpensive. It was self-help, depression, self-help. 
help related with methods that I could do myself. And I'm not putting down the professional side. I am not. If that's what you're doing, if that's what you need, if that's what you want, that's fine. I'm just telling you, I couldn't afford it, and I didn't live where I could get to it. So gasping like a drowning man, gasping for air, I grabbed a hold of every book, every EFT session, every method of energy healing that could possibly help me. If somebody said something worked, I did it. And somehow I managed to gather enough strength, determination, and motivation to keep taking little baby steps every day to do my newfound lessons, and it worked. I was actually surprised because of how desperate I had been, how totally without faith I seemed to be, how distrusting I was, how absolutely despairing that it would ever get better. Yes, I was happily, pleasantly surprised. And out of my own desperate need, there has evolved for me a system that works. And it is still working changing my life into one huge journey of joy. So this is what I will be sharing with you. I'm going to share with you about the EFT clearings, the books, the things I put into practice, and how I got my life out of the pit of despair. I will be sharing these things with you, and I have a lot to share with you. And I've already run out of time for today. So I love you. I really want to help you. And I hope you get a lot out of these podcasts. And no matter how dark your depression has been, may your joy be bigger, grander, and more nonstop than all the days of sorrow you've ever known. Bye-bye now. I'll talk to you next time.